Welcome to the Better Birth Podcast. My name's Erin and I'm a hypnobirthing and antenatal instructor, birth activist and all-round birth geek. In this podcast, I chat to experts in the field of pregnancy and birth, debunking myths around birth, diving into the research around maternity care and exploring what is it that means you're more likely to have a positive birthing experience. If you enjoy this podcast, do feel free to buy me a coffee and fund my caffeine habit. Link to my buy me a coffee page is in the podcast info. Enjoy this episode. I am going to be speaking to um, Laura Walton, who's a perinatal uh, mental health midwife today, talking about um, mental health in pregnancy and postpartum. Hi! Hello, how are you? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. How are you? I'm all right, thanks. Not bad. I've just dashed back from the supermarket. Oh! <laughs> it bags a bit to the night. <laughs> So we're going to be talking about um, perinatal mental health today. And like I said earlier, if anyone has any questions, they can put them in the chat and then I'll read them out and, and you can um, you can answer them. But do we, do you, should we kick off with you introducing yourself um, and letting everyone know who you are? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So my name is Laura. I am the mental health specialist midwife at The Prue. I've been a midwife uh, 10 years this year. Um, always worked at the Peru um, since I qualified um, and yeah I guess if I tell you a little bit about my journey through midwifery I am um, so yeah I qualified in 2012 and worked in all the different areas so I've worked on labour wards and the birth centre and maternity wards um, and then about five or so years ago worked out in community um, and and made my way into our um, vulnerable women's team so the midwifery team that provide antenatal and postnatal care for women that are kind of facing lots of vulnerabilities and need some extra support so yeah and it was there that I just found my my passion really that I just really loved um the care that we were able to give in that team so we care for women with um, more kind of severe mental health difficulties um and those who face kind of trauma um and women that need support from kind of social care might be battling addictions things like that so um yeah just really really loved that care and, and really found a passion for caring for women with mental health difficulties um yeah and that led me to kind of 18 months or so ago taking on the role of the mental health specialist midwife so yeah, really love it. Feel really, really honoured to to be in that role. It's a really important role, um, and I get to meet lots of incredible families. Um, and yeah, and I think one of the kind of most rewarding things of my job is just seeing and supporting women at a time when they're really, really struggling, and then seeing them on the other side of that, and seeing them, you know, having made it through, and and being able to to really enjoy being a mum um, or being a parent. And yeah, it's a really privileged job that I get to do yeah it's amazing and it's so needed as well I think people don't realize how common mental health um, yeah. issues are um, in pregnancy in pregnant during pregnancy and afterwards I think and I think also people tend to think of you know postnatal depression is like the key the main mental yeah. health thing that we might we might experience when we become parents but it can start a lot earlier can't it 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so for some women, they might already have a mental health diagnosis prior to falling pregnant. Um, and for some women, that might put them in a bit of a higher risk category for, for that kind of reoccurring or having some difficulties during pregnancy. Um, or even, you know, women who may have gone through an IVF process, you know, that might have picked up some things um, for them where they've kind of struggling and then in the pregnancy um, are kind of really feeling the effects of, of that and what they've been through. So, yeah, absolutely. And and, and you know like like you said postnatal depression is always the one thought of the most um you know I think anxiety is probably the most common one that we actually see mm-hmm. um and sometimes they those symptoms can get confused for each other so some people can kind of think oh it must be postnatal depression actually a lot of their symptoms are anxiety mm-hmm. um but quite often they work alongside each other as well a lot of a lot of people who struggle with depression also do struggle with anxiety as well um, so it's definitely something, yeah, that can start in pregnancy and it probably, you know, your antenatal depression are probably a lot more kind of um, missed as such or not kind of recognised. And it's only once that baby's arrived and that real sleep deprivation hits that that people are really kind of like, why am I feeling this and why, why is this feeling so hard? Yeah. Um, and it absolutely could have started in pregnancy. There's mm-hmm. so much stress in life anyway. Um, and <laughs> yeah absolutely and we've really seen with the pandemic you know and covid and everything that people have had to experience through that has really impacted on people's mental well-being mm. in the general population let alone in pregnancy and postnatally as well mm. yeah you, you, so you mentioned um anxiety and we've mentioned postnatal depression but there's like there's more than that isn't there because when when I emailed you about doing this live and we kind of discussed the things that we might want to cover there was a couple of things that I mentioned and you said well, actually yeah that those those are kind of lesser known um mm. things that people experience so do you want to kind of explain the different um the different things that people might experience during pregnancy and postnatally and um, and how to spot them like what, what are the symptoms and how do you know you've got anxiety and not postnatal depression Sure. Yeah. So if I kind of um, start with the kind of less commonly talked about conditions, I think um, probably OCD, so obsessive compulsive disorder, is a condition that that people might have kind of misconceptions about. So lots of people, particularly who suffered it, um, might not get the kind of right recognition. People can kind of think of it as, oh, it's just excessive cleaning. Um, and, you know, there's lots of joking in the population where people say, oh, I'm so OCD, you know, I'm really organised or, you know, I'm, I keep my, my house really clean. And actually that does a real disservice to people who do suffer with OCD because it can be a really, really distressing condition. Um, so um, so OCD, if I kind of just explain a little bit about what that looks like. So generally, people who do suffer with OCD will have these obsession, obsessional worrying thoughts that they might get. And they're thoughts that they can't relieve themselves of. So kind of speaking to someone and getting some reassurance doesn't help them to stop worrying about it. It's something that persistently, you know, keeps ruminating in their minds. And then alongside that, they'll they'll find that they'll develop these compulsions and it might be a way of them trying to relieve that anxiety so when we think about um kind of the 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 typical kind of cleaning contamination worries you might have people that are really worried that they've contracted a an infection or an illness or picked up some germs and their compulsion might be that they have to wash their hands but it won't just be a kind of a wash it and then they're feeling relieved it might be that they feel they have to do it 10 times and if they feel that they didn't quite do it enough on that ninth time they might feel that they need to start all over again or something bad's going to happen and so it's a really distressing condition and it can really take over somebody's life Um, and what we find in the perinatal period 
is that actually a lot of those worries and thoughts focus a lot on pregnancy or baby. Um, so they might be kind of more baby focused worries. So particularly um, postnatally, women might find that they're just having these really, really overwhelming thoughts of something bad happening to their baby. Um, and, and, you know, that can be common. People can have those kind of worries and then they kind of go and they don't stay around for very long. But I would say that if any um, woman or birthing person has found that they're experiencing thoughts where actually they're getting these continuous thoughts of worry about their baby and it's impacting on on their behavior as a mum or you know they might feel that they then can't sleep because they need to continuously watch their baby because they're so frightened something might happen or that they're waking their baby up just to check that they're breathing because they're having these real worries so you know if it's starting to really impact on their relationship with their baby then absolutely getting some support is really really vital and and the big thing that I would say with OCD is please don't worry about telling somebody you know we really really recognize that some of these thoughts that you get um might be actually quite distressing and really hard to talk about and might feel a bit strange and but you know for us who work in this area and our perinatal mental health teams it's something we hear actually quite a lot so never never be afraid of that um and I think with any any of the mental health conditions the real kind of way of thinking actually is this normal or is this something that actually I do need some support with is thinking about how much it's impacting on your daily living so we know it's really common to be anxious in pregnancy and that can be really really normal particularly if you've not had a baby before there's a lot of unknown so it's you know how are things going to be how am I going to manage the pain during the birth am I going to be a good mom am I going to you know all of these thoughts um and that it can be really really normal um and it can be normal as well to just feel a little bit like overwhelmed and think oh my goodness you know I've, I've now got to have this baby and what am I going to do with the baby and what if I don't get it right you know those things are really really normal but if people are finding that actually it's starting to impact on their sleep they're not eating in the same way that they normally would they're finding that they might um, have anxieties about leaving the house not meeting up with friends as normal or even if you just have people around you you might not recognize it yourself but if someone says to you you know you're not yourself what's you know what's going on is something happening um, is there something that you're worried about if you're really finding that it's starting to impact definitely seek out and get that support early on because the really really good thing about perinatal mental health is that all of these conditions are really treatable um, and and you know you absolutely will get better um, it's just making sure that you can get that support as soon as possible um, before things get really really tough um, so yeah I would say perinatal OCD is probably one of the ones which is least commonly talked about um, and you know it's you might be a little bit more likely to struggle with it if you've already got OCD so if you've had that diagnosis earlier in your life however sometimes it can come just in the perinatal period so that's what we'd call perinatal OCD and um, so it might develop for the first time in pregnancy or after having a baby and and certainly we've seen more cases of that during the pandemic whether that's because more people have struggled with it or because more people are just talking about it now so we hear about it more um it's definitely triggered a lot of contamination worries particularly with with obviously the covid19 um so yeah and and there's absolutely support for it and there's a really great you know resources online as well there's a really good um website called maternal ocd which talks a lot about kind of what kind of thoughts and worries you might experience and where to seek that support in pregnancy and postnatally as well um so yeah i would say that was uh um kind of the one that's talked least about 
Um, we also, you know, um, like I mentioned earlier, we will care for women and birthing people that have a mental health diagnosis. So they may already have something called bipolar disorder or bipolar affective disorder or um, schizophrenia, schizoaffective disorder, um, might be have post-traumatic stress disorder from a traumatic event earlier in life, um, borderline personality disorder. There's loads and loads of different, different kind of um, mental health conditions as well. Um, and so those women might be offered if that condition is already known about might be offered some support in pregnancy because they might be a little bit more likely to struggle with um, their symptoms deteriorating a little bit in pregnancy so for those women that we identify actually there is an increased risk we'd like to chat to you in pregnancy come and you know have a chat with us our perinatal mental health teams who we work really closely with would, would love to meet you and just talk through actually what do your signs and symptoms look like when you become unwell how does that look for you? Because we're all different as human beings. We don't all follow the same kind of path. So some people might find that when they're becoming unwell, they start getting, you know, really kind of elated and overly excited and not sleeping and find that actually they become a little bit manic. Whereas some of our women find that they might get more withdrawn, you know, stop engaging with friends and they might start kind of neglecting themselves, not showering, taking care of themselves. So it's really important. We know what it looks like for that individual person. Um, and then so that, that us as professionals and the people that are supporting that pregnant person um, know what to look out for so that if any of those symptoms are recognised, we can get you that support really, really early on. Um, for some women that might be actually remaining on their medication that they're taking for their mental health. Um, for some women, they might feel actually that they don't want to be on it. So it'd be having those discussions around actually what are the individual risks? Um, what do you need to, to help you remain well? And um, where do you go if you're worried or you've got any concerns about your mental health? Who can you speak to? So it's really, really important that women who do already have a mental health diagnosis do let their midwife know at their first appointment so that we can support you and, and guide you on that pathway. And it might be that you'll be offered an appointment with me. So I see lots of women in my clinic um, and we can have those chats um, and about those kind of individual concerns and worries and, and um, yeah, and, and resources and pathways of support for the pregnancy. Um, so yeah, that was a very long um, <laughs> description <laughs> um, <laughs> of all the different things. Um, and then yeah, for, for people who've had a previous experience of birth as well, they may have found that that actually was a really, really difficult experience and perhaps have been diagnosed with PTSD or feel, you know, for some women, they might not actually realise how traumatised they were by their birth experience until they become pregnant again. Mm -hmm. So they might find that actually being pregnant brings back a lot of memories of what they went through. Um, some people find that they get nightmares or flashbacks of a particular aspect of their birth. And um, for some women, it's that they actually can't remember their birth. And they can sometimes find that quite distressing because it kind of makes them worry what happens in that time because I can't remember. Um, so yeah and and then they might find that actually that worry just starts increasing the closer and closer that they get to birth so again there absolutely is support that we can offer to to help that person to feel more comfortable with their choice of for birth so for some women they might think actually i want to deliver my baby at home this time or um actually i'd like to have a planned cesarean section this time you know it, it can be different for, for every woman so it's really kind of listening to to what they feel is the right option to help them feel really safe with their care mm -hmm. and actually what went wrong last time that we can rectify and put in place to help you feel kind of safer and more in control during this next birth experience and mm -hmm. um, so we work with lots of specialists our consultant midwives that can help to develop those individualized care plans 
particularly if you're thinking actually I want to birth outside of what will be considered as, as the guidance for the hospital so you know we might have a recommendation and say because of what you went through last time we would recommend that you have your baby on labour ward for example but actually you may not feel that that's the place that you want to be to have your baby so it's really important that we listen to those concerns that you've got um, and we'd love to meet you and have those discussions and say yeah these are the recommendations because of this this and this but what are your thoughts what are the things that you're worried about where do you want to have your baby and how can we support that um, and put things in place to help you feel confident and safe um, in your next birth experience um, so yeah I think they're probably I think I've mentioned most of <laughs> apologies if I've forgotten any of the anything but so you, so you mentioned people who have a traumatic birth and sometimes that that can trigger um, mental health conditions after in the postnatal period and I think the, the one that we hear about the most is, is postnatal depression yeah. um, and it is very very common mm -hmm. um, what's the difference between postnatal anxiety and postnatal depression how would yeah. you know you've got one over the other Really good question. Um, it's it's always um, quite possible that you might have both because they do kind of tend to run alongside each other. Um, but certainly with the kind of um, depression side of things, it, you find that it can really change um, in terms of kind of how you're feeling. So you might find that you've just got this feeling of feeling low and just something just doesn't feel right. For some women, they can't put words to it. Um, so they might not be able to say, I'm feeling low, I'm feeling this, but they might just go, something doesn't feel right so for some women they might feel that as kind of a physical symptom that they feel that they've got this you know heaviness on their chest um, we'd find that um, women would tend to feel more tearful um, and that tearfulness might be um, much more persistent than normal so you know when you have a baby it's really normal to have a day where you might think oh I didn't sleep last night I feel really sad today I'm just a bit overwhelmed um, and then it passes however if that that kind of tearfulness is much more persistent um, for some women they might kind of get those physical symptoms of headaches and um, that are kind of persistent as well um, for some women it, it, it can be like a mild so there's different variations of depression so you might have it quite mild where it's just those kind of low feelings and actually some kind of talking therapy would be really beneficial to help manage those symptoms whereas some women can have them on the kind of much more moderate to severe end so for some women where it's not treated or it is kind of on that more severe end and um, they might start having thoughts of actually feeling like a failure that they're failing as a mum thinking I don't think my baby loves me you know I'm not doing this right people will be better off without me and sometimes that can lead to, to kind of suicidal thoughts as well um, and that's where we'd want that kind of more um, intensive support like our perinatal mental health teams to kind of step in and offer a little bit of support that could be through some medication it could be through kind of counselling psycho psychotherapy psychology um, and some perinatal mental health nursing support as well um, and so yeah so so depression kind of um, tends to be on that kind of feelings of sadness withdrawing and um, feeling really low and tearful with our anxiety it tends to be um, that people have worries that are kind of really really persistent so in terms of the mental health symptoms, it might be that you just kind of see danger everywhere and you might think, you know, I'm just really worried. What if something happens? And usually it's a lot of worrying about things that will never happen, but you just cannot shake that worry. So it might be, you know, what if my baby is, you know, is my baby too hot? Is my baby too cold? Um, you know, what if I'm walking down the stairs and I, and I fall and I drop my baby? Um, you know, what if um, someone holds my baby and gives my baby an infection? You know, what, 
it's all of these what ifs, what ifs, what ifs, and that anxiety can ruminate and just go rounds and rounds and rounds. And um, so women might find that they're constantly googling and trying to kind of find some reassurance online. Um, and in terms of physical symptoms, physical symptoms of anxiety, kind of dizziness, lightheadedness, shaking, palpitations, chest pain, sweating, nausea, um, all of those things can can be found as well. So some people do feel it as that physical health symptom. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know sometimes we will find women that will present to our maternity assessment unit and just say you know I've got this chest pain or I can feel my heart racing and you know it's really important that we exclude any physical health issue and that will be investigated and looked into and um, sometimes it can be that actually anxiety is causing those physical symptoms as well mm. so yeah I think if you're if you're ever feeling that I'm just not myself, something's not right here, even if you can't kind of put it into words or you think I don't really know how to describe it, definitely let your midwife know, your GP, your health visitor, there's all these professionals around that can support you. Talk to a friend or a trusted person that you know actually I can really trust them and open up to them. So it's really good to kind of start thinking about that in pregnancy, even if you're currently well, you know, start thinking who are my support network, who would I be able to trust to talk to, who do I know that's maybe had an experience before and and can kind of support me and give me some advice on what to look out for because just feeling kind of prepared and knowing who who your people are as well can be really really beneficial um but yeah we don't don't worry about feeling that you kind of have to diagnose yourself or anything you know if just something doesn't feel right just talk to someone it might be actually that you just realize that it's a work stress that's causing it it doesn't necessarily mean you've got a mental health disorder um but just having some reassurance for some women can really help and for those that actually do need that kind of mental health support there is so much around um so i would say definitely take advantage of it in pregnancy because we've got some really really good resources for mental health support yeah i'm sure it does make such a huge a huge difference i think i think mental health is quite stigmatized um and people you know people end up being reluctant to to seek out but i i suffered myself i had horrific postnatal depression with my first and i didn't get any help and the health visitor kept on telling me to go into the gp and she was like i think you probably need some medication and i just refused to go and get help and i struggled for an entire year um Mm -hmm. without getting any support and looking back now i I it's I I regret it because I didn't enjoy my maternity leave you know I could have I could have been out there doing things and Mm. you know enjoying my year off with with my daughter and I didn't seek help and so I just struggled for an entire year um and that's impacted my subsequent pregnancies as well because Mm. you know if you don't I think if you don't seek help it can have a long-term impact on your mental well-being so when I had yeah. my daughter, I had horrific anxiety and again, didn't leave the house because I was just so anxious and so worried. So I think it is really, really common. And I think it's really important that you do seek help if you think that you are suffering from some form of, of mental yeah. health condition. Yeah. Um, we didn't mention um, intrusive thoughts, which is another thing that I mentioned on email before we rearranged yeah. The live. Do you want to talk a little bit about about that as well? Because I think that is also quite common. Um, yeah, I mean that people really don't talk about because they think that it's yeah. you know a really bad thing to admit to. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I'm so pleased that you brought it up because it is something we see a lot, but it's something that actually happens a lot more than we realise. And that is because, like you say, there is that fear of from women like what if I if I tell someone I'm thinking this, they're going to think I'm a bad mum, they'll take my baby away. But actually, like you said, intrusive thoughts are really common. So, you know, we all at some point in our life will experience intrusive thoughts. Um, I don't know if, you know, any of you on here might have had this experience where you might have just been standing at a train station and seen someone kind of standing near the edge of the platform and thought oh I could just go and push them and they'd fall on the on the track and then you think oh gosh why did I even think that and then you kind of brush it off you know we all have those thoughts and it's just where our body's looking at kind of danger and things like that around us um so intrusive thoughts can be really really common um particularly after having a baby because all of a sudden you're in this hyper alert state of looking at danger all around you and thinking how do I keep my baby safe so you might be thinking you know I, you know standing at the top of the stairs and thinking if I just went like that my baby would fall down the stairs you know and and having those thoughts of um you know things what if I did something to harm my baby um and and so for most women um if they do experience them they will kind of be very kind of short-lived and and kind of and go away on their own and don't particularly cause too much distress however particularly with perinatal OCD and postnatal depression they can be much more distressing to the point that women might be having these really really kind of regular intrusive thoughts and they might be thoughts that are really you know hard to tell anybody because they can actually be quite um quite hard to to, to put into words some people might be having these really scary thoughts of what if I stab my baby you know if I'm in in the kitchen and I'm just buttering my sandwich what if I accidentally slipped and stabbed my baby you know and that can be really you know horrible really really distressing and women that experience those intrusive thoughts find them extremely distressing and particularly in cases of OCD they might find that then they don't go anywhere near knives, they hide the knives, or they don't go in the kitchen anymore, you know, and it really starts to impact on the care that they're able to give. Um, so those are kind of really common ones. And I would certainly say, you know, if you're finding that these thoughts are really distressing in your upsetting, we know that in the case of perinatal OCD, there has never ever been a case of a woman who has ever acted on those intrusive thoughts. So we know that that, that women and birthing people find them so distressing that they will go to extreme lengths to avoid going anywhere near that danger or anything that could be close to that thought that suddenly popped into their head. And we know with intrusive thoughts that they are, you know, ego dystonic, so they're not in line with that person's character, their thoughts or what they want to do. Um, so we know that people will not be acting on them um, in the cases of kind of OCD and things. So definitely please do do tell your midwives because, you know, we're, we're raising much more awareness of intrusive thoughts. We're doing a lot of work at the Pru actually to kind of talk about it a lot more because we're seeing so many more women talking about it and experiencing it as well. And we as healthcare professionals want to make sure that we are providing that right support and that reassurance. And um, even just saying, you know, to, to a person who's just had a baby, we know that these can be really common. Just hearing that can provide so much relief um, that, you know, it's not you. It's not that you're a bad person. It's not that you're a bad mum. It's just, that um you know it could be that these are just kind of very short-lived and they'll go away or actually it could be that some mental health support would be really beneficial something like medication or um some talking therapies um 
so yeah they can be really common um but certainly on that kind of more distressing end um definitely seek some support for them don't don't sit and live with them because you actually absolutely can um get better and recover and and it doesn't necessarily mean that those thoughts will go away but they tend to once you kind of understand them a little bit more a lot of people can find that they might get those thoughts and think i know that's an intrusive thought i know that's not what i want to do and when they're feeling more well in themselves are able to just ignore it um, and kind of live with it um, a bit better so yes particularly if you've got someone around you that suffers with ocd have a chat to them about it because it's a really common um presentation with ocd to have those thoughts as well um so it's good to kind of open up those discussions and i'm really really pleased that you brought that one up because it's definitely um yeah something that isn't talked about there's there's such a fear isn't there of babies being removed yeah. And we know that, um, you know, when I see women in my clinic, um, we'll always talk about kind of if things get really, really bad, you know, where where is that support? And when we're thinking about, you know, for women who are really struggling um, and actually would benefit from being in hospital um, to, to receive support for their mental health, actually out, we would want to facilitate that care within our mother and baby units. We want to keep mums and babies together. So if you ever are really, really struggling and you think, oh, I can't do this, I don't feel I can keep myself safe, I need support, please do speak up because, you know, even if ultimately inpatient care is decided as the right support, for you and you you feel that that's what you want to do as well then we would aim for a mother and baby um hospital and we've got quite a few kind of around our local area um for you to receive that care so that you and baby stay together we know mums recover much better when they've got their babies with them so please don't be afraid that your baby will be taken away um if you're struggling with your mental health um so how if someone does feel like they they need some support where should mm-hmm. they go who should they contact first yeah, really, really good question. Um, so I think it's worth, um, it kind of depends how, how you're feeling. Um, so if you think actually I'm starting to notice something doesn't feel right, I'm starting to feel a bit more low than normal, I'm starting to kind of have these worries that are getting a little bit kind of more difficult to ignore, your kind of um, primary um, support, we'd always say have a chat with your GP so that you get that opportunity to talk to a doctor. Um, and and you can also self-refer for support. So um, in the Brom borough we've got our Bromley talking therapy service and if you are delivering and having your baby at the Prue but live outside of Bromley so Bexley, Dartford, Greenwich, Croydon all those kind of surrounding um, boroughs there is a um, talking therapy service in your area as well and you can literally just go on the NHS website put in your GP surgery and it brings up who your local one is and you can self-refer so you can go online just put a little description of your um, kind of symptoms that you're getting um, and it will ask you, are you currently pregnant or is your partner um, pregnant? And the reason that they ask that or have just had a baby in the last year is because you actually get prioritised for mental health care in pregnancy and up to a year after you've had your baby. And that's for the person having the baby and also the partner mm-hmm. as well. So, um yeah, you can do that self-referral and then within around about a couple of weeks, someone will get in contact and do an assessment with you. So it's just kind of listening to you about what symptoms you're getting, how much they're impacting on you. And then they would usually rec- make a recommendation of something like perhaps counselling would be really beneficial or another type of therapy, which is really, really effective for anxiety and depression, which is cognitive behavioural therapy or CBT. Um, so they tend to be the kind of most recommended treatments and they are really, really effective for anxiety and depression. 
symptoms um and and for women who actually might be experiencing trauma symptoms there's also a, a, a therapy called emdr and um, that they can offer through the talking therapies to help to kind of manage those traumatic symptoms and then your treatment usually starts around about four weeks after that so when you're thinking actually it could take six weeks to get that support in terms of actually starting the treatment that's why i always say to women refer earlier rather than waiting until you're really really feeling that you need that help um for women who might find that actually i'm really really struggling i might be experiencing thoughts of wanting to harm myself i might be experiencing thoughts of actually not wanting to be alive anymore that's when we want to kind of offer you a little bit more of an intensive support we wouldn't want you to have that long kind of six to eight weeks of waiting for that and um, the quickest way to access that support is through A&E and everyone I meet in my clinic I tell this um, even though you know these things are less likely and less common it's really important that you know what would happen if you come into A&E you know what would that look like mm-hmm. um, so coming into A&E you would get one of the local um, on-call psychiatrists would come down and just have a chat with you it might be that um, you've just gone through a really difficult life event you know you might have suffered a bereavement you might be having really you know work-related stress and things have just built and built and built and you're just feeling actually I can't carry on feeling like this so one of the psychiatrists would be able to have a chat with you it might be that they have a talk around medication if you're already on medication they might talk about increasing it or changing to something else if you're really struggling with sleep they might give you something to help manage to get some rest um it might be that they think actually some support in community would be really beneficial. So it might be referring over to our perinatal mental health teams that work a lot more closely with women with those more moderate to severe mental illnesses. And they would be able to make contact with you. Um, and sometimes it's just being ha- able to talk to somebody and saying, this has been really tough, la 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 la. And actually after that, you just feel like you've released a load and it can just really help um, to just talk through it. Mm-hmm. So in most cases, women will feel able to go home they'll have a plan in place they'll have someone who can support them um, when they go home a small number of women might need um, um, more close support so something like the home treatment team who are a mental health team that offer kind of daily home visits just for a short period of time until those kind of really severe symptoms particularly if they're around kind of self-harm or thoughts of ending your life or, or just feeling actually this is too much I can't carry on feeling like this they would be able to come to your house just daily until you've got kind of um, support. So it might be waiting until the perinatal mental health team are able to see you. So just so that you've got that continued support. And then in really rare cases, um, but it it does happen, some women do benefit from that inpatient care. Um, And like I said earlier, that would be looking at mother and baby units is where we would usually want to offer that support because it then means that your baby can stay with you. And they're specialist mother and baby units are specialist mental health inpatient um, centres that have... um, healthcare professionals that are trained in supporting women with perinatal mental health conditions so um you can access those usually up to a year after having a baby um and it, you know how long you will stay there completely depends on kind of um your symptoms and your recovery and things like that so um but you know for most cases most of those admissions are you know informal so women feel actually that's you know really where I want to be um, and will benefit from it and then they're able to go there with their baby they have lots of support from people who if they're feeling really low and feel like actually I can't be with baby at the minute that's okay someone's there to take care of your baby Um, and then when you're thinking actually I want my baby here I want to feed my baby you know having that contact and then they can support with that as well and all the while you're recovering until you feel well enough to kind of go home with your baby as well 
so yeah I think always um just letting someone know even if it's just something that someone can say oh that's completely normal you know I had that this will ease just talking to someone find your trusted people let your midwives know we really really want to offer that support um it might be that that you'll get a referral over to me and I can meet you give you a call or, or give you an appointment in clinic and we can talk through those things as well um but if you know things are really bad and you think actually this this really isn't like me or if you're someone here who's caring for somebody who um, is pregnant and you're worried about them you know please do seek that support and um, there's also an urgent advice line that you can call so Oxley's you can just google Oxley's urgent advice line and it will bring up the um, number it's a 24-hour support for anyone that needs urgent mental health support they can speak to somebody you've got the Samaritans as well you know there's a bit of a misconception people think oh I have to be suicidal to ring the Samaritans but you don't you know if you just feel that you need to talk to somebody about how you're feeling you, it can be anonymous you know you can just give them a call and they can talk through some things and give some advice just be a listening ear and I would say that's the most kind of common feedback I get from people that I care for is it just felt so good to have someone listen to me um, that really can be so powerful so it is finding your people that you know are going to actually listen and not always try and fix things because that can be really frustrating when you're feeling really rubbish and people you know if you tried this if you tried that you should do this you should do that actually just feeling listened to is so powerful and really validating how you're feeling mm, yeah thank you I, I, I was wondering if anyone's got any questions because if they have they can put them in the chat because um, we haven't answered any questions but I think you've covered qu quite a lot <laughs> does have any questions I'll wait a couple of seconds just to see if anybody does type in yeah no worries um but it's, it's hugely helpful I think it's you know mental health is is so important and it affects so many of us and you know lots of us don't don't talk about it so we probably don't realize that we know people who have had children who have had babies yeah. that have experienced you know um mental health conditions because mm. we just don't talk about it widely so i think it is really yeah. kind of yeah. bring it to the forefront definitely and just knowing it doesn't discriminate it doesn't target specific you know groups mental health can affect everyone and and like you say there's going to be so many people we know that we won't realize they've really struggled with their mental health and um, certainly don't be ashamed of it we all need support in different ways at different points of our life um, and certainly one of the things that you mentioned earlier Erin actually which we probably haven't talked about was um, that kind of attachment to your baby as well and those kind of how that can be really really difficult and, and for some people that I meet in pregnancy you know we talk about how do you feel about the pregnancy you know do you feel as attached to your baby as you hoped you would and quite often I hear oh no I don't know if I do you know I am um, you know I'm, I'm, I imagined it would be like this but actually this is how I'm feeling and and you know I hoped that everything would feel kind of you know really bonded and I love this but actually I find it a bit weird when I feel the baby move or I'm not sure that I find it comfortable and you know for some women that just builds and progresses you know in the pregnancy particularly in the early stages particularly if you've experienced a loss before you might find that there's something in your body that stops you from kind of bonding really quickly with your baby because of that fear of, of losing your baby um, so definitely um, it can be normal and 
and take a little while. Um, there's also that misconception of the minute you hold your baby, you're going to get that rush of love and everything's going to feel great. And for some women, that does happen. And that's so lovely. But lots of women, it doesn't happen. Mm. And that's okay. It doesn't mean you're not going to love your baby. Um, it doesn't mean that you're not going to have a really good attachment. It doesn't mean that you're not going to be an amazing mum. Um, sometimes it's just that you're like, Whew. you know, quite often I see, you know, mums have the baby and be like, great like I've done it great cool um, and the dads are the ones or the partners are the ones that are crying because they've not just experienced all those surges and contractions and that energy um, and and then usually those feelings of bonding and attachment do grow and they definitely will develop um, but for some people it just takes a little bit longer but certainly if you're finding actually um, either in pregnancy that it's really really bothering you that you're feeling really disconnected from your baby um, or after the birth if you're finding actually I just don't feel anything for my baby it could be that that is the symptom that you're feeling um, that could be actually suggesting you might have depression or you might be struggling with your mental health um, so again please don't worry about letting someone know if that's how you're feeling because that support will be there and with treatment that um, that connection and attachment will grow um, we have some really fantastic nurses nurses in our perinatal mental health teams that really support those parents that are struggling with that bonding and attachment so again it, it doesn't mean that we're going to look at you and think oh she's not able to care for her baby she's not feeling bonded because actually we do see it more than not yeah. um i've seen there's a couple of comments great uh kasha said that she'd like to say that you're fantastic <laughs> you support rare pregnancy and you're a superhero midwife so that's oh i like <laughs> <laughs> so nice to see you Gasha. Uh, Nathalia said um, how do you know what's normal when it comes to fear of giving birth? Such a great question. Yes, thank you so much, Natalia, for bringing that one up, actually, because um, we do have a service to support with that at the PRU. So, um, you know, kind of like um, we said earlier, it's really normal to feel anxious about having a baby and giving birth, particularly if it's your first baby. There's, you know, in terms of that, there's going to be a lot of the, the anxiety of the unknown. So, you know, in the same way that if you're going to a job interview, you don't know who's interviewing you, you don't know where you're going, you don't know what questions they're going to ask you. So you get that kind of jittery, anxious feeling feeling of oh what's it going to be like and am I going to be able to answer the questions and it's like that with birth you know people say I'm afraid of pain but you know it, you might not experience it as pain lots of women don't um but but some women do and if you do then there are those support options um available for you there's lots of different pain relief options whether that is massage support you know um heat you know and water things like that or whether it is the epidural you know that thing that will really kind of get rid of it there are loads of support options available so um, but for those women, I think um, the, the kind of key thing there, Natalia, is if you're finding that actually it's really affecting how you're feeling about your pregnancy. So if you're finding that actually that anxiety and that worry about giving birth is starting to grow and grow, it's starting to impact again on your normal daily living activities, what you usually do. Or if you find that it's starting to make you not enjoy pregnancy, not want to be pregnant, if you're finding that actually it's start, it is affecting how you're bonding with your baby. So for some women who do have um, tocophobia, so that's a severe fear of giving birth um, or, or being pregnant, then it can really impact on how attached you feel and bonded with your unborn baby so I think if you're finding that those things are present then it definitely could be that some specialist support would be beneficial um, so at the PRU we, we've seen this a lot and certainly during um kind of around about 2020 when the covid pandemic first hit we saw a lot of women who were thinking actually they wanted to have a planned cesarean section with their first baby 
Um, and, and for a lot of um, those women, when we talked to them, it was because of that fear and that worry about birth and thinking they're not going to be able to do it or what if their partner can't get there in time. And they felt that a planned cesarean section would help give them a sense of control. Um, so we started up um, some birth with confidence classes, which you all were involved with uh, helping choose the name for it, <laughs> which is great. Um, so I'm, I run those and we run them on our Denmark Hill site as well. Um, we run them once a month. And so any woman who feels actually I think my worry of birth is starting to impact on how I'm enjoying feeling you know about being a mum or feeling about my baby um do let your midwife know they can refer you to the class we run them at Blenheim Children's Centre and um, they're around about two and a half hours they're for first time mums who've not had an experience of birth before because it really does kind of focus and hone in on that unknown situation and how to feel in control um and we just talk through, you know, why is anxiety attached to birth and what kind of things can you do to help prepare to feel more in control? Um, they're really interactive sessions. Um, I love doing them. Um, and we see, you know, the, 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 the feedback that we've had, we see that anxiety level go down after the class. So please do, um, you know, let your midwives know. For those um, women or birthing people who've had a previous experience of birth and are finding that actually they're feeling really worried or anxious about going through it again, then they would definitely benefit from a more individualised support, so kind of one-to-one -to, -one to, to kind of explore what those aspects of care last time and, and their experiences were. Um, so that would be, again, letting your midwife know they can refer you either to me if it's really impacting on your mental health or if you if it's kind of that you're wanting to explore some options around birth um, that might be um, not what the guidance says then our consultant midwives can absolutely support you with that and really listen to you and we've also got a listening clinic so any woman who's had a previous experience of birth and feels that they really just need a debrief on it and just really need to kind of talk through what happened um stage by stage then um we've got a midwife called diana who can meet with you and she will get your notes and um kind of talk through all of that as well to try and help you feel a bit more relaxed and and prepared for the for this birth um yeah i think so yeah. i think I personally I think that one of the key things is that sense of control you know and as as a hypnobirthing instructor and seeing lots of people who are terrified of giving birth and booking yeah. on courses with me a lot of that is is gaining a sense of control whether that's a, con a sense of control of controlling your anxiety and controlling you know how you're feeling or sense of control in terms of controlling your environment or you know being able to put plans in place and understanding the process of giving birth and what's going on i think all of that knowledge gathering can can really really help um and Kelly, you've also asked uh, until what point is it helpful to connect with other women and listen to their birth experience stories and i think it's a really good question because I, I i'd love to know what you think because as a hypnobirthing instructor i think Yes, it can be helpful to listen to other people's birth experiences, but you have, I think you have to tread quite carefully because listening to other people's traumatic experiences and, and, and you know, listening to negative stories is not going to help you in terms of preparing because all that's mm -hmm. going to do is reinforce mm -hmm. those anxieties and fears that you already have. And I think listening to birth stories is good mm -hmm. in, a, in, in the right way. Like, and, and also, I don't think it's helpful to you know completely ignore birth stories that maybe had a c-section or mm -hmm. had an instrumental birth because i think it's quite it can be quite helpful to hear those stories but people who've had positive experiences of those yeah. kind of births and what, yeah. what do you think 
Yeah, I completely agree with you, Erin. And it's it's something that we kind of joke about in the birth with confidence classes, actually, that the minute you feel full pregnant, it's like people think that all of a sudden they should tell you about their experience of birth. Um, and actually, even if it's not something that was traumatic, but it could just be one word, um, you know, that people say that can really stick in your minds and then that can really stay with you. Um, so I would completely agree with you. I think it's really important um, to kind of explore, you know, in a safe space. So with people that you know that will give you the kind of positive aspects of it because like you say hearing negative stuff doesn't do any benefit for you it won't help you to prepare for things not going quite right because actually those negative things will just stay in your head and particularly with um, anxiety the more we expose ourselves to kind of negative things the more our brains will just start kind of playing those things over and over again However, if we really expose ourselves to kind of positive birth stories, they're the things that are going to pop in our minds when we think about having our own babies. Um, so, you know, there's there's organisations out there. You've got the Positive Birth Company, you know, that really focus on sharing those positive birth stories. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a really, really good question, Natalia. Thank you so much for it. Um, because I think, yeah, tread carefully. I think that's a really, really good thing that you said, Erin. Um, and it's totally okay to say to someone, actually can you not tell me like yeah. be brave or ask your support person whether that is your partner your family member a friend to, to advocate for you with that mm -hmm. to stop somebody um you know because i and and it's it's important also to remember that people's perceptions of what they've been through can sometimes not be exactly what happened but that's how they perceived it and it's not necessarily that they're wrong um i was watching a tv program the other day and this woman um, was telling she was a celebrity telling another celebrity about her baby and she said that she was you know in labor for nine days and pushing for four days um and it was like, oh, you probably, you know, it might have felt a little bit like you were. But just by saying I was pushing for four days, you know, all of those women that that will have reached. And now they're thinking, oh, my goodness, they leave you pushing for four days. Um, you know, it's just it might be that she felt some pressure on and off for four days. And the actual kind of really pushing her baby out bit was a lot shorter. Um, but words are so powerful. So it's really, really important that you protect yourself and put boundaries around yourself to make sure that you don't um, let people speak negative things over you. Um, because, yeah, it absolutely won't. You just want to surround yourself with all that positivity. Do look into and educate around instrumental birth C-sections. You know, when things aren't quite going to plan, what kind of things will they do? That's really important. We don't want people to just focus on kind of when things go right it's important to have that but just that knowledge and that information rather from third-hand sources so you know attending like the groups you do that you can offer there's so many amazing kind of antenatal groups out there that support with that information and the more that that women and birthing people feel in control of um or kind of um knowledge and understanding of the physiology of birth and what's happening in their body that helps give you that sense of control because when you're feeling that, you know what that's you know what that feeling is. You know that means your baby is you know starting to move down into your pelvis or you know and and just having that understanding really helps to feel in control as well and it can remove some of that kind of anxiety as well. Um, but we certainly don't, and I say this to the women on the birth with confidence class, we don't expect you to feel completely not anxious about birth. It is okay to feel a bit nervous and to feel a bit anxious. Um, so you know if you are, that doesn't. Mean that you are suffering with a mental health condition um so it's yeah it's just important to kind of validate that as well yeah. thank thank you laura i i can't see any any other um questions um so um there's maybe... one on here i think erin from uh Lib liberat yeah she said she totally i can't liberate liberate 
I can't even, I think it's just a, a, a username, but she says she's, she totally agrees. She had an elective cesarean and her recovery is very quick and easy, but the majority of C-section mums kept telling her recovery is really horrendous. Um, yeah. I think, I think people tend to share, it's, it's almost like it's more socially acceptable, I think, to share negative experiences mm. than if you've had a really positive experience, because I think yeah. we feel like we're gloating if we've had a really positive birth. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, you're, I mean, you're, you were totally right in terms of shutting down, stopping those conversations. Mm. I think we're people pleasers, right? We don't like, we, to, are. we, we yeah. don't that offends people so we'll probably just sit there and you know <laughs> nod and smile and think oh my god that sounds yeah. great. why are you telling me this but don't actually yeah. say it and you really do need to protect your own mental health and yeah. your well-being when you're pregnant and protect you know protect yourself yeah and I think it's also bearing in mind that people might be telling that because they're trying to debrief and Absolutely. and trying to, you know, kind of process what they've been through as well. So one kind of good thing that, that that perhaps you could say back to them is, gosh, that sounds like you went for a really difficult experience. Have you ever kind of seek, seeked any support for that? Because it sounds like it'd really benefit, you know, and just try and turn it back to that kind of deflect away from you. Um because so many women out there do have really positive experiences as well. Um, so, yeah, and I think the most important thing is thinking how, what are the things that are really, really important to you? So whether birth goes how you hoped it would, or whether you do need some support, some intervention, what are the things that would still during those moments help you to feel kind of safe in control and formulating them as part of your kind of birth preferences, whether it is, you know, just making sure um, that everything is explained in detail um, and that you're giving all of the options before you you know for a lot of women even if they do end up needing an instrumental delivery or an unplanned cesarean section um you know what what kind of support would they need in that moment to help them feel safe and in control and usually it is it is feeling listened to um and feeling heard and um and just knowing all of the options so that they have that ability to make that choice that they that they know is right for them and their baby yeah yeah oh it was Kasha <laughs> oh his name is Kasha <laughs> Um, okay, so I guess, um, is there anything you think we haven't covered before we finish today? Um, I don't think so. I think it would probably be really good, actually, for me to just talk about some of the support that is available in Bromley as well. So um, not just our kind of talking therapies, which is where you can receive that support from a mental health practitioner, mm -hmm. but actually where are the kind of peer support groups that you can get support from as well? So we are so, so fortunate in the, the kind of Bromley borough um, and Lewisham and Greenwich also can access this. So if any of you have a GP in Bromley, Lewisham or Greenwich, you can access this support. So it's called Mindful Mums. Mm -hmm. It's a really Really, really wonderful um, support which is run by Mind Mental Health Charity and it is for women um, and birthing people who are pregnant and up to a year after they've had a baby as well um, so they've got a five-week well-being course which really focuses on the emotional well-being around having a baby um, so they'll, each week they will focus on a different topic. So I know one of the weeks that they focus on, which, you know, I think every woman who's had a baby will have experienced is those myths of being a perfect mum and how we strive to think, I need to do this. Um, you know, if I don't do this and I'm failing, you know, this is how I'm going to feel. If I don't feel like that, then it's because I'm doing something wrong. You know, all of those really difficult things and society puts so much pressure, particularly on women to kind of do everything and be everything. Um, you know, you've got to work and, 
be a parent and care for the home and things like that. Um, so they really kind of explore that. They explore how dynamics in relationships change when you have a baby, how to manage stress, tiredness, worry. They teach them mindfulness techniques. Um, but I think the most important thing that those groups are able to do is get groups of women together. You follow it together. You get to know each other. You get to realize you're not on your own in how you're feeling. You know, there is no woman here who will have an experienced an intrusive thought or a symptom that someone else hasn't. You know, you're not on your own. Um, and and yeah, that's really great here that that Claire Claire and Isla Mindful Mums was brilliant for me after my first baby. That's so great. And um, so antenatally, you can access it and they're virtual. And then postnatally, they do face to face groups in children's centres. They're completely free, so take advantage of it. You know, you can go onto Mindful Mums website and just sign up. And they have a diversity matters group. So any woman who identifies as being from a Black, um, Asian, or minority ethnic background will be able to access a group where it's much more focused as well on thinking about culture and thinking about you know your diversity and what that means to you as a, as a parent um, and then for the dads out there they do the same group called being dads um, and it's the same kind of um, structure but it's for for male partners um, and anyone who identifies as a dad that they can go along um, and meet other dads and just talk about the the absolute enormity magical crazy time of becoming a parent um, and getting that peer support in as well so I think it's really and um, yeah I would encourage anyone to kind of have a just have a little look at it there's so much that they can offer we've also got Bromley Homestart as well which is a really amazing um service that support families with the children up to five so particularly if you are experiencing some difficulties with your mental health you feel like actually having some peer support or someone that you know a befriender so if you're actually quite isolated maybe you're new to the area new to the country you don't really know anybody um they have kind of peer support workers and befrienders that could come and just spend some time with you help you with your confidence of being a mum help you a little bit practically at home help you to get out of the house if you're feeling oh my goodness I haven't got time to get out of the house because I've got to do this this and this for my baby and then when I'm ready to go the baby no, needs a nappy change and you know if you're really struggling and feeling isolated they're an amazing support group as well mm -hmm. um, and there's so many online there's so many for every kind of specific perinatal mental health there are organizations so you've got your pandas which supports with postnatal antenatal depression and um, maternal OCD for OCD anxiety UK and um, for women who've experienced birth trauma there is um, the birth trauma association for women who experience sexual trauma and might be concerned about how that might impact how they feel during pregnancy and birth the survivors trust have a really fantastic resource for helping prepare um, people going through that um, for pregnancy birth and parenthood as well um, and I support um, those women in my clinic um, so you don't have to go through any details about the trauma that you experienced it's really important that I say that um, but if you would like to just kind of talk about any concerns about that just ask your midwife to refer to me and we can meet and just think about actually what can we put in place during your birth and pregnancy to help you feel safe and help to avoid any kind of reoccurrence of traumatic memories and things mm -hmm. um, so yeah and uh, I cannot not shout out to our amazing perinatal mental health team as well and um, they have so many different specialists so psychiatrists doctors nurses nursery nurses occupational therapists cbt therapists psychologists you know they've got a whole host of people that really really want um women and birthing people to have a really positive experience of being a mum particularly when they're facing mental health challenges so yeah if you feel that actually you really need that support please do speak to your midwives and we can make that referral for you um, and they can stay with you up until your baby's a year old as well. So you get that really kind of consistent long-term support as well. 
there's, there's so much there's so much support out there and I think it's I think I really appreciate you giving up your time to, to chat today because you know I think people don't realize that there's there's all this support I didn't realize there was all this support you know and I've been yeah. through mental health um conditions so I think yeah. it's, I really do appreciate you giving up your time to chat today um but thank you for today it's been it's been really, really good Thank really you helpful. so much, Erin, for creating this opportunity. It's um, yeah, been really brilliant and I've loved it. And thank you all for all your questions and comments as well. It's so lovely to hear your experiences and, and yeah, and what helped, helped you as well. Um, but yeah, there is support, so access it. Don't be afraid. <laughs> the Better Birth podcast and all of its content is for educational and informational purposes only. You should consult your midwife or your doctor for anything in relation to your own pregnancy and birth. The opinions and the views of the guests on the Better Birth podcast are their own opinions and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Better Birth or Erin Fung.